This is a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You're listening to the Radio 1 Breakfast Show here on the 191 FM. Right now on the line, I'm joined by Michael from Pitch Black at the Money, eh, Michael? Good morning. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, up right and early and getting into it. I've uh, got a week's worth of mixing to do, so I'm um, trying to make the most of the days. Indeed. Well, it wouldn't have been that long ago where it was almost bedtime. Uh, yes, that's right. Well, yeah. So I'm, I tend to be a late worker and late riser, but I've switched that round in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I just kind of meant that because it would be 9.30pm yes, right now. In it would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just getting going in the studio Because <laughs> <laughs> you've recently moved back to New Zealand. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're set up in a place in Auckland, and it's nice being back in the same city as Paddy for the first time in 10 years. Mm, yeah. And, um, yes, yeah, so we we've got a, a gig coming up on May 21st, so we're just starting to get together and work out how to play again. I see that up at uh, Leighton's, Leighton's Farm or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. Of course, we're chatting today because you got Mixes and Mavericks, the latest remix uh, record from you. Um, there's many questions to ask, and I, I guess we'll start with um, how do you go about putting together an album like this? Um, track selection, who, who yeah, approaches yeah. you, clearances, all that kind of black backroom stuff yeah. that we don't know about. Yeah, well, this is the second edition of Remixes. What we've done in the past, when the first one was called um, Rarities and Remixes. Yeah. Um, what we realised is we don't we 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 constantly get asked for remix when we do them, and we realised we had a whole pile of remixes floating around that had all come out on different labels at different times, and we thought it would be a nice idea to collect them into one document, and then also go back through some old CDRs and old DAT tapes and and see if we could find any gems that were just floating around that had never been released. Mm. Um, so, and that went well with Remixes and Rarities, so we thought we'd do another one um, now, because um, Patty and I have been separated by the border closure for two years. Um, but over that time, we did quite a lot of remixes, um, and we were, and we also had a few um, from previous to COVID arrival. Um, and so sometime late, uh, middle of last year or late last year, uh, labelled from Dub Jasmus from Dub Mission said let's let's um, compile let's see what we've got um, and we put this collection together. Nice, it's a great collection. Another question that I have, uh, you know, and one of the many things that I found interesting with this record has to do with data files. Two tracks on Mixes and Mavericks's um, one is a unsolicited remix of a remix. Yes. And the, uh, that lived on a corrupt uh, MP3, with it as, yeah. far, as far as you knew. Uh, and, and the other is a live performance of a track uh, that the recorded version of was never completed and now yeah. doesn't exist, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to software updates and, and data dumps. I'm just yeah. uh, picturing like a, a studio somewhere that's full of hard drives, like a, like a hoarder's house. Yeah, or, well, in the old days, it used to be tapes. Yeah. At varying times, varying studios, Studios have thrown out like all the multi tracks and stuff. So there was a big studio up in Parnell, maybe 20 years ago, just biffed everything. And I remember Dave Dobbin, who had a studio near us, walked past it one day and just found hundreds of multi tracks in it. So we actually grabbed them all. I don't know what happened to them after that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a whole history of, of, of people's works being thrown out. Um, yeah. When York Street closed, um, they did try and reach out to all the bands. Um, and get all the data backups to the bands, but yeah. anyone they couldn't get hold of, eventually they all just went in the rubbish bin as well. Wow. So, you know, and, you know, we I started on a Sound on Sound 2 track, and I still have those tapes, but the, when we moved to computers, like I started on an Amiga, 
um, computer. You know, I mean, some of those files are sitting on floppy disks. You know, I've got a suitcase of floppy disks, but what's in them, I don't know. Um, and then we, you know, when DAT came out, the DAT tapes are pretty, they're okay. Depends on how they're stored. Yeah. And yes, now we're on hard drives. And, um, I mean, my backup policy is to, um, when a drive spill, I, I copy it over to another drive, and then I put that drive on the shelf. Yeah. And that sort of becomes the backup. Um, and so we sort of move we move through hard drives, and I do a reasonable amount on the cloud now. So master files just get get kept in the cloud. Yep. Um, but yeah, one of the rem- I've just done a solo remit for the National Library. Um, they are doing a whole project on trying to educate artists on how to actually archive their musical history by exporting all the MIDI information, all the audio files, and then collating them onto um, into, into like a folder and sending it to the National Library the National Ooh. Library to archive. Um, Disaster Radio has just done a whole project about that, if you want to look into that, with, in, in conjunction with, with Michael from the National Library. Nice, nice, of course. Yeah, so yes, that. there is a lot of lost music. No doubt, <laughs> well, no doubt. Yeah. I, man, I mean, I'm just thinking, because you mentioned York Street, and, and that yeah. place just goes back, it's legendary, and yeah. it just goes back a long way, and what they would have had, yeah. and what would have, what what is now lost. Yeah. From yeah. That space. yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, it's up to bands or managers to oh, of keep course. track of all that stuff. And I mean, a lot of artists are just making stuff in the now and not really thinking about the future or, or that, you know, one day, uh, you know, a scuzzy hard drive isn't going to be able to be plugged into a USB C computer. <laughs> yeah. What to do about that? Um, yeah. And so, I, I, I like that Dave Dobbin saved a lot of New Zealand music history in that story. <laughs> funny, <isn't it? laughs> Dave to the rescue. Yeah, he had he had all these tapes laid out on the floor of his studio at one point. I, I, when I popped my head in, I was like, wow, that's incredible. And he's like, yeah, I've got them all, but I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so I don't know what he did with them. But right. it's like the Flying Nun collection that got given to the art, to the National Library. It's incredible that it yeah. was stored. It was lost for a long time, and then it turned up in a crate that wasn't even labelled correctly in a, in a storeroom, I think, it's fit whoever festival got sold to wow um you know and then it was all located and then donated and now they're just finding the most incredible um mixes and things that never got released and original versions of, of old flying nun classics so, yeah i mean it's pretty exciting when it when when you do find those stores of things that some hoarder has left in their attic or yeah. in their basement yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I still go to op shops just in case yes. somebody yes. sadly passed away, uh, and yeah. I can score a parking. Families don't know what it is or what to do with it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Pitch Black's musical palette is is large, um, and the sonics on this record uh, are varied, um, as are you know the original project. What informs the sound of a mix? You know, is there mm, rules that you yeah. follow? You know, you know, you're keeping with the feel of a particular track, or, or how do you how do you go about? Um, sometimes, sometimes we let track the original track inform the mix. Other times, we we just basically take some of the noises. So um, sometimes Patty starts the remix, and then I work on it. Or sometimes I start it. My process tends to be loading up the weirder noises into um, a project and then making lots of sounds off those and then um, saving those at a, at a BPM into a folder and then sending them to Patty to um, play with. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a track it's like, oh yeah, it's at this speed, but it might be better at that speed or we want to make it a bit more drum and bassy or a bit more breaks. Um, so there's no real um, there's no real specific um, way or that we think about what a sound's going to be like. Um, you know, we, we we like lots of music, all the way from ambient to a 170 BPM drum and bass. So yeah. you know, we we can fall anywhere in between those tracks. 
how they speed. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if there's a vocal, obviously, sometimes we keep the vocals, sometimes we don't. Sometimes tracks are instrumental and we add vocals. Um, sometimes there's no vocals. So yeah. 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 I mean, we just, I mean, a lot of it's going with the flow. Um, we don't really follow traditional musical trends um, as far as, you know, what's hot or what's not at any particular moment. No. Um, yeah, we just we just let whatever comes out between the two of us um, go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting, like, I, I, I tried and listened to a lot of the originals um, yep. from, from the remix recorder, and they are varied. I mean, Desert Dwellers, that track, I mean, it's probably different than everything else they put out anyway, uh, yep. or close to it anyway. And then you've got, uh, you know, Ink Project, which is amazing. I hadn't heard Ink Project before, and I feel bad yep. for that. Yeah, they do some really interesting stuff based yeah. out of Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to go back and uh, listen to more of them. Um, yeah. One other interesting thing, just from my own personal thoughts, was naming the the remixes. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you got some incredible names there. You know, Johnny's <laughs> Johnny opened the door. Yeah, uh, like I mean, that... that's just the base. I don't even know why that sample got put in the middle of that song. We just wanted the we just wanted a moment in the middle of it. Yeah, the really big change in the remix where the energy totally shifted. And I just dropped that sample. I've got a like a, a like a three pack sample disc of, of um, feature film sound sound oh, yeah. bites that have been um, you know allowed into the public um, copyright free, and it was just sitting on that. And it doesn't particularly mean anything. I mean, it, I mean, it does, there was no particular reason why that set of words ended up on that particular mix. But I, I quite liked its energy, and it gave the track a shift. And then, of course, it's easy to name. You know, if there's a sample that's got decent words, then it's easy yeah. to just name the remix after those words because then it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, it must yeah. be fun sometimes naming the songs. Oh, we, I love naming the songs. I mean, we often, when when we're making albums, we're constant. If we find words or combination of words we love, we have a big piece of paper in the studio and we just keep writing words on it, words on it, words on it. And then as songs slowly develop, they quite often start. They quite often get named the BPM and then maybe a vibe and then then one of the words might get attached to them and that goes for a while and then sometimes we'll get to the actual naming process and we rename stuff and we have to have a second bit of piece, a piece of paper that says this track was <laughs> called this for the whole writing but now our brains have got a shift to it being called that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they inform things, don't they, the names of tracks? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, I can look at the names and imagine what I might be about to hear. Yes, um, yeah. You know, is this the end of suffering going to be the end of my suffering? <laughs> That's right. You can only hope, right? Yeah, exactly. Fingers, fingers crossed, Michael. Fingers crossed. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, track number one uh, quickly. Yep. Um, it's a future dub, a track that yeah. became another track, um, you yeah. know, reformed and remolded to become It's a Future. Uh, oh, The Future is Knocking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also um, Smoke. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, can't remember the name of it now. Um, yeah, so it, it was a yeah. So two tracks came out of that one track, and then yeah. that that this one, which we we found on a on a, a drive, we're like, oh, what's that? Because obviously, as you develop tracks, you save versions and you save stuff as you go through the process, and they tend to be in folders, you know, early drafts or you know, nearly completed. Um, and yeah, we just found that, which was a jam really of where we yeah. were just where we were at with the track so we laid it down as a mix um it's a great jam and obviously it it obviously spurned off to become a formal formally made track yeah um, and went in a totally son different sonic direction yes yeah yeah so we thought that was a useful sort of a sort of a marker 
of a sort of halfway developed track that was sort of strong enough to let go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting in what you've done there because it's not like um, that that record, Filtered Senses, doesn't have dub on it. Yeah. You know, um, so that track could have easily sat there in, in the form that you've got now, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for us, it's not quite, but you know, for us, it's a, a work in progress type track, which is why it's on this release. And it, in that state, it would never end up on an album. But, yeah. um, but it, we felt like it was it, these these releases of, of, of remix and, and and other things that we've got floating around. We feel like it's nice to just put stuff out, um, just sort of as as sort of markers of other things we do and where other things fit yeah nice yeah. nice um so you're back in Aotearoa um which is great and you said before you've got a show coming up uh in May yeah um but you know it, it, are you going to get back on the bike you two in terms of touring are we going to see yeah you yeah we're hoping we're, you know we're just we're looking at what I think once all the, 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 the it opens up again there's going to be a lot of tours I know Live Nation have got some staggering amount of things coming through the country. I don't know how many gets as needed. Um, but we are just thinking about what to do. Uh, we'll definitely do something over New Year's somewhere, and we're having a little think about a, a quick mini tour in um, November. And um, we had such a great time in Dunedin two years ago at New, New, New. Yeah. We're um, definitely having a think about coming down there. I was born in Dunedin, so it's always lovely to get back to my hometown. Nice. And um, and love, you know, I'm a South Islander. Uh, the rest of my life, I grew up in Nelson, so I'm, um, yeah, I um, I like getting back down there as often as I can, especially bringing music back. So, um, yeah, we'll probably we'll probably look at making some new tracks this year, and then um, we're looking at um, thinking about how our set works. And um, the last few tours over the last ten years, we've only really had a week or a week or so to develop them because we're, we're never in the same city for long enough. Yeah, so yeah. now we've actually got some development time where we can spend a month. Exploring the ways we play and making a new video show and and um, actually make use of the fact we're in the same country. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm expecting big things then, Michael. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you know, we've both got we've both finally invested in new computers for the first time in about eight years. Wow. Ten years. So we've both got the speediest uh, machines available, and um, that's certainly changing things, especially on the video front. Yeah, um, which is pretty exciting. So um, yeah, we're looking at all sorts of real-time control information stuff, and being able to, you know, as 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 we trigger things um, or effects, um, it actually affecting the video show as it's playing down and stuff. So yeah, we're looking at doing that. We're starting that this week, and I try and muck around with that at the show on the twenty-first of May. Cool, that sounds amazing. Um, mm. Thank you for joining us this morning. Total pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Um, the yeah, I really enjoy the remixes. I hope everybody out there jumps on um, Bandcamp and checks them out. Uh, yep. If you can, I've got a couple of uh, download codes to give away. So if people want to text in now, text O two one two Radio One. It's O two one two seven two three four six one to win yourself um, a copy of this record on Bandcamp for your Bandcamp collection. Always go to Bandcamp. I reckon it's the best for us. It's the best for all artists. That's right. Five percent of the money goes to the artist. And um, someone said the other day it would take three years of playing the tr- a track on repeat um, to cover what you'd get from Bandcamp. <laughs> I found <laughs> or out. An album on. Yeah, exactly. I found out the other day in terms of streaming ser- streaming services. Other than Bandcamp, the one that pays the second most amount of money to artists is Napster. Oh, it's really, been yes. relaunched. Completely changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found quite funny. 
Yeah, the irony is quite a lot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, we'll choose choose one of the songs. We'll play it now. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. I'm quite a big fan of the distance. You know, I prefer my big bassy dubliney, yeah. trippy trippy tracks. So the sudden reverb distance. Um, and that was one of the latest. I think that's the last remix we did before I moved back. Nice. So it's, it's probably the freshest sound that we have. So this is uh, Sudden Reverb, which is a great name. Uh, Distance. Yeah, he's a he's a guy from Mexico. He lives in Berlin, and um, he sent me his original um, sort of six months ago, and I just really liked it. So I was like, look, we'll just do a remix for you. Amazing, amazing. Mm. That's all you need to do. Quick, everyone, send their tracks through Pitchback <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's some great music coming out of the Navy too. Really it's enjoying it. It's um, incredible. Good radio here is really on fire at the moment. Totally, um, it really is. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, this is Sudden Be- Reverb's Distance, the Pitch Black's Light, the Fastest Thing We Know remix. Um, once again, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and yeah. hopefully we'll hear from you again soon. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll probably get an album done in the next two years. Nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not with those speedy computers. Surely six months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. 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 Unfortunately, the speedy computer doesn't mean we write songs fast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, you just have to get an algorithm, mate. Get an algorithm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just, just let AI processing make the album. That's right. That's right. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. See ya. Cheers. Is the fastest thing we know. Thanks for listening to Radio 1 91 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.